You're listening to the Fit Lowdown podcast, the lowdown on all things fitness and wellness. I'm your host, Tamara Santucci, a personal trainer, personal development junkie, and complete lover of shoots. Tune in each week to get the lowdown on what you need for starting your journey in fitness and wellness and to go beyond what you thought you were ever capable of. All right. Hello. Hello. I'm so excited for today's podcast. I have the lovely Deanna Ricciotti or D on the podcast today, who is a mindset and business coach. Now I first discovered D through another podcast and absolutely fell in love with her story. I had to hear more of her. So I listened to her own podcast. I followed her on Instagram, did a workshop with her, did a coaching call with her, but I'm not going to harp on about that because in this episode, you will soon realize and understand why I absolutely love and adore her. So welcome to the podcast, D. Oh, thank you so much, babe. What an intro. Um, are you sure that was about me? <laughs> that was really, really nice. 100%. Thank you so much. I'm so excited. I'm so excited to be here. Beautiful. I am too. So the way that I'm going to start off with this is just to start off with a bit of a fun fact about yourself, just to break the ice um, that many people or most people don't know about you. Fun fact. Um, I always find this question so hard because you're like, what do I find fun about myself? It's like you get vulnerable and you're like, but does everybody else think that's fun? Um, Fun fact, I don't know if this is fun, but I guess a lot of people don't, what they don't know about me is that I, we moved here with my family to um, Adelaide, Australia when we, when I was six. So we actually moved from a country called Uzbekistan. And a lot of people that hear that name are like, oh, is that where like Borat's from? That's Kazakhstan. (laughs) Essentially different countries, similar, yes. But no, people there are not like Borat. Um, That is a very crazy stereotypical thing. But I am a Russian native. So my parents are Russian, Ukrainian and Armenian. But we moved here when I was six. So my parents started on their own um, with very little in their pocket. I think they always talk about like having six or seven dollars or something to their name. Um, and we just left everything behind that we knew to start a new life here. So I don't know if that's fun, but I feel like that's a fact that maybe (laughs) not everybody knows about me. Oh my goodness. I love that. I did not know (laughs) that about you. That's awesome. And to say like, to have that, like to build yourself from six or seven dollars in your pocket and to start a family and to look at yourself now like that that's amazing yeah I'm really yeah I'm in awe of what they did and how far they've come so yeah yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) I think we'll continue on with that because you sort of started to talk about I think your upbringing in your childhood so maybe if you want to go a little bit later but pretty much just tell us about your story, go whichever direction that you want to go and sort of why your story led you to creating or starting your own business, her soulful success. Sure. So I think that if we started just from when I was six, we'd probably be here for a little while. (laughs) But in terms of what's, um, I guess, relative to my business or what I do, I'll start with probably my journey um, when I was in my corporate job and that was only about, oh, 
only a few years back I was still employed, let's just say. Um, but I'll go back five years ago where my journey to becoming a coach really started. Um, five years ago, I was in a very different place in my life. So some of the characteristics, I guess, that you could describe me is that I was highly anxious, um, very codependent in my relationship with my now husband at the time. Um, we... Uh, that year in particular, the 2016 year, I talk about a lot of sort of like the beginning, I think, of what felt like the end at the time, but was really the beginning of my, um, the version of me that I guess that you people know today. And that year in particular was very up and down. So it started with me and my husband getting married and we've been together for at that time almost 10 years. So we are what you'd call quote unquote high school sweethearts, been together since we were 16 and 17 years old, which is crazy and challenging in itself. And it's definitely not as romantic as it sounds. It comes with many challenges being with someone for that long. <laughs> um, definitely. So we started, the year started on a bit of a high, um, of us getting married later that year though, um, all sorts of sort of things surfaced that weren't that great. So one was that, um, we had a miscarriage. So our first baby and he also previous to us getting married for several years had struggled and battled with a drug addiction. And this kind of reared its ugly head during this time and um, he very much relapsed. I, at the time, all the things were falling apart behind closed doors. Um, on the surface, you would have thought that I was living my best life. I was getting promoted while things were falling apart in my corporate job. I was working um, crazy hours and kind of giving it my all there. And now I look back at it and sort of think like it was a bit of an escape for me um, from what was happening at home, being at my work and hustling and, <laughs> you know, making my way to the top in a corp, uh, way to the top in a corporate company. So I was succeeding in my, I guess, career, but in my personal life, things were very much falling apart. It wasn't until I had my first proper anxiety attack, like a panic attack that I was hospitalized for at work. Um, that was my first wake up call and realization that there was something not right with my mental health. Um, but yeah, later that year, I was hospitalized many more times, I think four in total, four panic attacks. And I had severe panic attack disorder. I didn't really understand it at the time. I couldn't language it. I just thought I was going legitimately crazy or no one believed me in that I was um, really unwell. Like I always thought that I was on a, the brink of having a heart attack or a brain aneurysm or something crazy like that. When I would go to the doctors, I'd be told I'm perfectly healthy, go home. This was just a quote unquote panic attack, which again, I attached a lot of shame to because I considered myself a very hardworking, um, you know, well put together human that was always aspiring to be something great. So me, anxiety, um, you know, drug addiction, or on top of other, you know, terrible personal things that were happening in our relationship weren't kind of on the cards for me. I didn't really want to want the world to see that part. And I guess what that manifested in obviously was me being highly stressed, overwhelmed and not being my true authentic self and not being able to get the help that I needed or get my husband the help that I needed because we were too busy 
trying to cover it all up and make it look like we were okay. Living a life that is so out of, out of alignment now, obviously, looking back at it um, from my coaching pedestal and looking back at myself going, duh, you were going to have a mental breakdown, duh, your husband um, needed to go to recovery, which he did, and uh, which was amazing. Um Duh, you were gonna be unwell. Like that was not that could that was not a sustainable life to pretend like you were okay to promote yourself at work while you were dealing with all of these things behind closed doors and not having anyone close um around you or your family really knowing even what was going on. So when he went away, which was the best and the hardest decision we have ever made because we hadn't been apart for so many years. And to be honest, um, I now really can see how I played a huge part in uh, being an enabler in that relationship and really even though I thought I was helping him, um, it really came from my own lack of worthiness and enoughness that I wanted to fix him. I know that there might be some women listening in that have had similar codependent or currently are in codependent or toxic relationships. And I see when you're in there, you just, you don't really see a way out. You just feel like I love this person. I have to stay. And this is, you know, they need me and all of these things. But what it really came down to was that I needed help and he needed help. And we were not helping each other in no way, shape or form. We were only hurting each other. So he went away and I, for the first time, I had to deal with just being by myself and that meant actually figure out, figuring out who the heck I actually am, like without this person, without all of these problems, without coming home and being worried about what I was going to walk in on or stressing about money and all sorts of things, right? And that meant going to therapy. So it really did start with psychology, uh, seeing a psychologist for myself. I had always been interested in psychology. I even started studying it um, a couple of years ago until I remembered again that I hated university the first time I went. So why was I doing it again? Um, so, yeah, I started doing psychology. So my I guess my healing journey began then. But it was only the first step. And Although I think there is a um, like a very important place if you are uh, have been diagnosed with anxiety or chronic anxiety disorder or any mental health issue, absolutely see a psychologist. But it wasn't the end for me. Like it wasn't enough. I um it wasn't until I started working with coaches and doing my own self development and self discovery and. I've never been a person that was super religious or even spiritual, but finding my own version of spirituality that worked for me and, and finding that faith that I think is so required in life, um, that's when I began to evolve and kind of become obsessed with my own mindset. The more I understood what was going on all of these years for me where my own limiting beliefs, my own lack of enoughness and where that stemmed from and where that grew and why I needed to be in a relationship like this and why I was in a job that I was doing for to look like I was successful but not actually necessarily being in true alignment with what I really wanted to do. Started to, the more I started to unpack myself, the more I started to discover and become obsessed with how my subconscious mind played a huge role in this. And skip, let's fast forward as this is going to get really boring if we go into every single month of this journey. No, I love it. Fast forward a few years. Oh, thank you. 
fast forward a few years, a few kids later, let's put the kids in the mix. Um, I was on maternity leave and kids are another just like, whoa, like another huge, um, huge, just, I don't know what to call them. They're spiritual teachers in themselves. I swear. They're the most, uh, present, the most authentic, the most, um, I don't know, aligned little humans and they trigger every part of you that is not conscious. Um, so that journey, motherhood, um, also began to, um, I guess, grow my interest in what I was already interested even more, which was the subconscious mind, why we do what we do, how to, you know, break old habits, um, emotional addictions, um, obviously, you know, learning about my husband and seeing how in the center that he went to in his recovery, cause they dealt with, uh, addiction in such a beautiful, holistic way. It wasn't like, let's just get you off your drug of choice. No, it was about why are you choosing this drug of choice? How do we feel your soul? How do we feed you good food, right? It was about diet. How do we get you at six o'clock up out of bed when you used to sleep until 1130? Get you to the gym, right? How are we going to get you to forgive yourself and love yourself? It was all this beautiful holistic approach to healing where he came out and he he taught me some of these things for the first time. He was teaching me how to, I could further heal myself after seeing a psychologist. And I guess I just became obsessed with self-development, all things mindset. And what was I going to do with that? I'm like, I can't go back to my corporate job. I was a coach in my corporate job for many years, but I was teaching performance, KPIs, and sales. And although I loved the coaching aspect, I wasn't passionate about the, um, I guess, I didn't just feel like the impact was there that I wanted to leave. I found myself wanting to coach people on their mindsets and why they weren't showing up as their best selves, not necessarily to acquire a customer or to close a sale or to close that deal at the time. So that developed into me failing, well, not failing, but trying and just realizing I was, it wasn't for me, a few business ideas like blogging. I was like, well, how can I share what I'm learning with more people? It was blogging. But that really very much led me to going, you know, what I really want to do is I want to teach mindset. I want to teach this ability that I've learned to master what's going on in my head. And how was I going to do that? Um, I started searching. I was like, I tried psychology. I tried to study psychology, but I honestly just can't deal with the framework of university or could deal with investing $80,000 into another, what I just saw as this big corporate business to then in four years time, give me a certificate, but no actual, me not actually being able to practice. I wanted to help people now. So I discovered NLP, which is neuro-linguistic programming. It's a coaching modality. I um, packed my bags, flew my kids over to Sydney, pretty much in the midst of COVID or just before it began and never looked back. I got my certification, went to a high ticket business coaching event, came back, quit my job. And I was like, this is it. Like something in my gut just went, go all in um, and help women. You've got the tools now. You understand it. You've lived it. You've had the transformation. Go and help other women. And that's just what I did. I started with life coaching and then soon later pivoted to business coaching because I learned so much about myself through this business journey and what it really took uh, within myself to stay in the game, to see the results that I wanted to. And within 12 months, I was able to replace my um, corporate jobs income in my own business. And here I am now teaching women to do the same. <laughs> Sorry, I feel like oh, that was wow. so long-winded. <laughs> 
No, we got there. No, that was awesome. I love your story so much. I've heard like different versions of it, but I honestly love it. And I learn so much each time you speak about it. And that's amazing that I didn't realize like when you speak about your story, I feel like you're speaking about it from like five years ago, but it's actually been so recent for you that this has happened. And it's such a quick turnaround and it's so amazing to see. And it just, I feel like that your story is going to give so many women, so many girls hope that it's not the end for them, that they can really shift themselves around or shift their, I guess, life path around if they really want to and they put in the work. So I actually wanted to unpack a little bit more about how you started to become more, I guess, internally, like you started to validate yourself internally because I know a lot of girls just very similar to yourself, look the part on the outside, everything's going good for them. Their friends are like, oh yes, you know, you're doing amazing. I can't believe you're doing all of this stuff. And then on the inside, they just feel like they're not worthy of that. So how did Mm -hmm. you yourself, like, can you unpack that a little bit and share any tips? Yeah. So I'm trying to think where my head is going with these. When I get asked a question, I'm like, there's so many directions that I can take. I guess where I... Um, I think that I didn't, I'm going to be honest here. And I feel like I didn't have a choice. What I realized was it wasn't like I turned around. I was like, I don't want to be validated by my success anymore. It was like, I actually couldn't keep up the front and it was no longer healthy. And I just actually physically couldn't do it. Like if you spoke to me at that time and at, at that point in my life and was like, D, are you actually okay? I probably would have just broken down into tears. Like there was no more hiding. I got to a point where I had been so inauthentic and didn't show up as my as my true self and what was really going on for me and shut off all that vulnerability for so long that it just, it was about to explode. It was just exploding with me. So I, I kind of think I just fell apart. I didn't really have a choice. I wish I could say there was this turning point where I was like, you know what, I'm going to now stop, slow down and really look at my values and really understand them. That didn't happen to well later. And it really did start with actually just being okay. I didn't get to a place where I was like, I'm okay with or without, uh, you know, success in my career, success financially, um, success in general, like in my business till a lot later, the first step for me was how do I get to a place where I'm actually okay with just sitting with myself and, and being able to function in the day without falling apart, um, without having anxiety was really my first step. Like how can I just, and I guess that started, I guess my first choice of showing love for self was putting all those walls down and allowing people into to care for me and to be with me and to accept me for all that I was in that moment. Um, it took a lot to admit to my family, to my friends that this is what was happening in our lives and in our marriage. Like, you know, at the time I really did feel like our marriage was ending. This is it. You know, he's going away. We're not going to make it. Um, I can't really continue functioning in my job. I had to take some time off, which was oh, so not okay as well. Like there was so much resistance around that. 
I guess what I learned was it was because we in our society, um, I don't think that I, I know that my mom is very hardworking. Actually, both of my parents are, like I mentioned, you know, they came here with very little in their pockets and they worked and they strived to achieve everything that they could. There was little time to sook and cry, although I'm sure as kids, we didn't see them do that because they always showed up as their best, um, strongest selves, learning English from scratch, building their careers from scratch when they had successful careers where, where we were from. Um, I guess I didn't see vulnerability very often, but that's not to say that was their fault. On top of that, there was this, um, you know, there's this society um, portrayal of what success needs to look like and what we actually celebrate that I think is a huge problem. We don't allow, and I think that's changing and shifting now, but there's a long still a long way to go. But for women, you know, we're praised when we're super women. We're praised when we're, you know, corporate, heel wearing, climbing, um, women that are just like functioning just like that uh, men do in corporate jobs and go for, like, I'm not against that energy at all, but we don't really still, like, especially in the corporate world, we try to, and we have like mental health days and we try to facilitate, um, understanding mental health and being more, I guess, accommodating of it. But we, we, I think we've still got a long way to go. Like I still remember being in that position. I had anxiety and I still look down upon women that took a day off because they were having their periods or were having a really bad mental health day. I'll be honest about that because that's what was drilled into me. That made you weak. That means you're not successful. That means you're not going to get to the top of where you needed to go. And I think that extends further out than the corporate world. I think that's kind of life in general. We celebrate the hard hustle. There is no time for feelings. We go, go, go. And that's what it means to be successful. So if that's what you're modeling, which is definitely what I was modeling in my life, not everyone does, but what I modeled, I was like, that's who I want to be, that ambitious, um, high performing human. There was no time for all of this stuff. And so of course I was validated. And every time that I succeeded and people praised me for that, oh, wow, you know, you had a panic attack yesterday, but you're here. Of course I'm here. Yeah, I'm fine. Like, of course, that was nothing. The more that happened, the more that made me something in me, my ego was validated. So until I had no choice, I think, does that answer your question? I think there wasn't like this awakening where I was like, I need to stop doing this. It was like, I don't have a choice. And then it's like, how do I first be okay, free of anxiety? And then little by little, book by book, coach by coach, post being okay and dealing with anxiety, did I start going, hmm, I need to love myself more. How can I do that more? Oh, wow, I really am enough just the way I am, just kind of being here today and being myself. Yeah, it kind of was that journey rather than it being a decision that I made. (laughs) I was forced into it. (laughs) No, and that's fine. And I'm sure like a lot of a lot of women and girls are feeling that same way. But if I guess if they do have their choice, if they're just say, for example, if a, if a girl or woman came to you and they were in this, they could still keep putting on that front. For example, what would you say yeah. to them if they just came to you and they said they wanted to break free from it, but they just didn't know how, how do they internally, like how do they validate themselves? How do they become okay with themselves? What would you say to them? Yeah, I'd say practice. I'd say practice in small steps. So 
if it is about, if we're talking specifically about showing up authentically and feeling worthy of just being completely who we are, or there's all different kind of, I guess, steps that you could take, little baby steps. So some of the things that I like to say are learn to sit with your feelings, number one. You know, rather than having a crappy day, for example, and finding how to get yourself out of those emotions really quickly through shopping or through, you know, spending money that you don't have or, you know, going, I don't know, doing something that you know isn't in alignment with your higher values or goals. How about we just sit here for a minute and learn to sit with that emotion and do some self-inquiry? So that's one. And that's actually being okay with being completely yourself with yourself first. Can you actually be you and admit to yourself what's really going on in your life and being okay with that? The next step would be being okay with that and actually just practicing giving yourself a bloody hug and saying, that's okay that you feel that way today. That's okay that, you know, you don't want to actually be maybe doing the work that you're doing or maybe you don't want to get up today for that uh, workout because you're not feeling the best and that doesn't mean you're lazy or that doesn't mean you're, um, you know, not going to achieve your health or fitness goals, but it just might mean this is the day that is pulling you to do something else. Like just actually accepting yourself first fully is would be my step one before going out and um, asking others to accept you. So step one, learn to sit with your feelings. Step two, I would say then dabble in showing up authentically. Um, and I mean like, raw you, um, you without, um, any filters or, uh, censorship around maybe your colleagues or your family. Ask yourself, where do you in your life at the moment not show up as completely yourself? Where do you show up differently and where do you show up as where you feel the most at home? So if it's with your friends right now, why aren't you showing up with your colleagues the way you show up with your best friends? Or if it is that you're not showing up authentically with your best friends, but you're showing up authentically with your partner, why is that? And how can you show up with your best friends more and sit with that discomfort for a little while? Then it might be in your businesses, right, on video where we're not putting on a certain voice or a certain face or a certain filter. How does that feel? It's going to feel so freaking uncomfortable. But this is where you learn to just be able to be completely you and be cool with it. Like regardless of what other people say, think, comment, don't comment, um, how they respond is just practicing being you. And what what you will find is as uncomfortable as it is, it'll be so much less exhausting. Because one thing I know about lack of authenticity and lack of validating your own self-worth and building your own enoughness within yourself and going out to others to look for it is it's so exhausting because you'll never find it there either. People are innately selfish beings. We are all um, quite, you know, ego-driven and 
unconsciously, not consciously, it doesn't make us bad people and the ego suddenly is not a bad part of ourselves that we need to look down upon. It's just I like to explain it as the part of our minds that allows us to anchor ourselves into this lifetime, it allows us to know where our home is, who our family is, what we identify with, our culture, our traditions. These things wouldn't exist if they weren't necessary for us to be um you know, functioning human beings. You don't have to escape your ego. But most people unconsciously just are fully identified with their ego. They don't realize that there are other parts of self on a soul level, on a mind level. There are other parts of you. So when we're ego identified, we're all walking into interactions in our lives looking after ourselves, after our identity, after our model of the world, right? So when we're going out to people wanting to fill up our own lack of enoughness, saying, make me feel like I'm enough, and they're coming to you going, make me feel like I'm enough, (laughs) and you've both got two different opinions on how that looks like, think of relationships right now. It's You're never going to feel that for each other. So even though... You might get judgment. People might feel uncomfortable with you loving yourself, showing up as completely unapologetically you. That's going to trigger other people going, whoa, I thought you'd come up showing up the way I'd like to see you today. (laughs) And, you know, so I can, um, so you can mirror what I believe is the perfect human. Yeah. Okay. That might happen, but you know what? It's so much less tiring because doing it the other way and trying to validate your worth in your enoughness and just your existence through other external people and things is just so exhausting because it will never feel you'll still be left whether you are loved or unloved in that moment whether someone compliments you or judges you you are still left with that not enoughness it's something you have to find within yourself so I think it takes practice Again, I'm very great at giving you long-winded answers because I don't think it's always um, as straight as a few steps, but practice as much as you can just being you. And if you don't know who that is, practice sitting with yourself in quiet a little bit more and actually self-inquiring on that question, who am I? What am I feeling? How do I want to actually be? And then how can I show up as that person in my external world, what's going on within me. And if I don't like that person, then it's about that self-development and that mindset shift or what can I do to change? Hope that yeah, makes sense. I love I Yeah, that makes so much sense. And they're such good, like tangible, tangible tips that people can use as well. And it's just about, because it's so true, like you were saying, feeling not showing up as your authentic self can be so draining because you're putting on that front and you have to act. Mm-hmm. And it's just when you are authentic, you're so true to yourself and it just comes naturally and it's freeing and about and it's important to continue reinforcing that and practicing that because it doesn't just happen overnight. It definitely didn't happen overnight for me. I was never always this confident or sort of outgoing. It took practice and it took time. And it's true. It's it's a really, really good thing and sort of good steps to take. So you're also speaking about, I guess, getting aligned. And I feel like that this can really help as well with accepting yourself. So how would you say to women to 
become more aligned with themselves and their values. I feel like aligned is a really big word at the moment and it's great for shifting yourself into your bigger path, into your life path, into your dream path. So how would you, um, how would you help with getting women more aligned with themselves? Yeah. Alignment is definitely the buzzword of 2020, 2021 for sure. And it's because I think like whenever we have a trend, right, or a topic, it's because we were so far from that before. So it's like right now people are feeling confused. Again, with those questions, who am I? What is my life? What am I meant to do? And that is because how we normally identify ourselves and what we just talked about before is we generally identify ourselves with our jobs quite often. We're like, I'm a doctor. I'm a this. I'm a that. So right now with what's happened uh, with COVID, et cetera, that's all been turned upside down. So, of course, people are having identity crises. <laughs> We're like, holy shit, if I'm not this, then what am I? If I'm not, <laughs> the, you know, if I'm not working in this business or this kind of job, then who am I? If, if I'm not working in my office and I'm working from home with my kids behind me, who am I? It's all very confusing. And that's why I think it's totally a great um, time to explore alignment. The way I perceive alignment is you, again, being as true to your whole entire self and embodying your you, the entirety of yourself in all different areas of your life. Where I start with women and creating a life of more alignment is, oops, sorry, hitting my drink bottle here. Um <laughs> because I'm waving my hands around. No one can see, but I'm talking and I'm waving my hands around. I'll put the video um, up. <laughs> here, starting with, <laughs> it's starting by with your values, with your true core values. And values, again, can be another buzzword, right? Oh, I know my values. They're this, this, and that. Mm-hmm. There are those values that you think are your values, and then I'm going to say it here that there are values that are actually your values. And how you determine the difference between the two is actually – by asking yourself some questions again, love questions. It's all about the quality of your questions. What do I prioritize? What can I live without? What would I on my deathbed want to, you know, see, take with me, reflect on um, what would I on my deathbed, for example, wish that I had done, right? Asking yourself some deep um, inquiry questions. I have a 30 day journal prompts, um, ebook that I can, you know, you can plug me in with the link that has some really great questions on this. Another way to establish your true core values is understanding your away from and towards values. So you're away from values of values that you value or things that you think are important to you because in the past, somewhere in the past, you have experienced, um, pain and suffering from having lack thereof, those values. So, for example, if you think that you value financial freedom, but one of uh, what's the reason why is because you used to be, um, you've come from a really, uh, you know, poor upbringing or you lived in poverty and you wish you had money, that is an away from value because the reason why, if it, if it's highly motivated by that, sorry, it is an away from value because the reason why you're valuing that is because you've experienced lack thereof. So there is this, I don't want to be broke feeling, so I'm going to do everything I can to be wealthy. Now, that can absolutely get you to your goals, but what will happen is when you get there, usually you're still not going to be satisfied. 
because that value was only there because of a perceived lack that you had. The reverse of that would be, I want financial freedom. Maybe you have experienced poverty, maybe you haven't, but it's not motivated. That, that's not important. It's what you're motivated by. But the motivation is because you can see impact that you want to create in this world. There is something you want to bring into your life that lights you up that you couldn't do without money, that maybe it's a capital investment that you had to make to build an empire. Maybe it's just to work for non-for-profits all of your life and live comfortably, right? Could be anything. But when you're thinking of that um, reason, it quite literally, again, buzzword over here or a buzz at term lights you up right i'm gonna use it guys it lights you up you feel this excited pull okay like it's a towards like i'm working towards this and the reason why when you get there if you reach those goals you'll still be motivated by it because with those type of goals it doesn't matter how much money you have you could have more because you're motivated your motivation isn't like it's not limited It's like I could help more people or I can grow my business even greater to help more people, right? There is this um, unlimited uh, motivation coming from it towards value. So really looking at what do you prioritize? What are your towards values? What is it that you dream of like and just feel so ignited about? Know those values first and know that they're going to vary Uh, So, you know, you might have health and then you might have family, then you might have um, travel. And these are all just words, right? What you, the meaning you attach to these words are going to be very specific to you. So family is going to mean something different to me than it's going to mean to somebody else. What family looks like, what family even means. These are just words. But knowing those values, having like, you know, your core five and then making sure that you create time and space in your life to live in alignment with them. I'm going to say seasonally, if not daily, because it is very hard to live in alignment with all of your values every single day. And this is where women get in trouble and get really hard on themselves as well. So for example, they might value health. So they want to be really healthy. And um, they the reason why it's a note towards values because it's so they can keep up with it. They have three kids and it's so that they can feel fit in their bodies and so that they can have the energy to run their businesses. Another value might be businesses, uh, their business, right? Uh, or, um, you know, impact or something like that. Again, just words. So they have that and then they have family where they want that connection and true real relationships in their family home. Now, let's say they have another two values after that. Those three alone on a daily basis to fully meet is going to be very hard. And that's where women go, oh my God, I'm out of alignment because today I didn't spend time with my kids or I'm out of alignment because I didn't achieve everything I wanted to in my business. You're not out of alignment. You just need to... Um, need to reflect where you can focus a little bit more on that other value you missed out on. Where can you create a season for that? Because we only have a certain amount of hours in the day and think we're way too hard on ourselves and have extremely high expectations of what living in alignment looks like in the first place. It's like just know your core five 
or however many, like let's not even put a number on it, three, four, five, ten, whatever. Know your values and make sure that the goals, um, the time that you spend and where you spend your time, very precious time here on earth, you know, living as close to um, in alignment with those values as you possibly can. And if you can't do it every single day, do it seasonally. You know, one week it's this or one month is this or right now it's going to be all about my family. You know, an example of this is if you've just had a baby. Maybe your first six weeks is like I just I'm all here right now and this is what's going to light me up. So that would be my steps is actually get clear on what you value and that's going to be a really great basis for understanding where you're out of alignment and where you're in alignment. Yeah, that's beautiful. I love that. And I love that's something new, actually, the away from values and towards values. I love that because so many people try to uh, like step away from it and are scared because they don't want to go in that direction. But sometimes we often maybe Mm. manifest that ourselves, but it's about lighting yourselves up with what you're going towards. Is it building your empire? Is it starting your business? Is it starting a family? Is it buying a home? Is it connecting more with friends? Whatever that is, but you're going towards that and really stepping into that feeling of how you're going to feel when you get there too. And I guess vibrating to that, Um, to that goal, into that life path that you want to get to as well. I love that. Yeah. And it just like hit me as well with your audience being um, potentially women that have fitness goals. Mm -hmm. A really great example of this is that if if your goal is something like weight loss and it is because you are trying to not be a certain weight and that is your only motivator, you will yo-yo diet the moment you get a few steps away from that weight you don't want to be because there'll be no motivation there. There's nothing else. There's no, I want to be healthy. I want to be strong. There is, oh, I'm not that anymore. So your subconscious mind and your nature is generally going to go, I've done it so I can just go back to like eating unhealthy food or whatever it is or going back to old habits that didn't serve me well, maybe not moving as much. That's why women tend to struggle with this is because your motivation for wanting to lose that weight isn't a towards value. You're valuing weight loss under the pillar of health for because you're trying to move away from a place of suffering. Instead, try to hone in on how can I value, because you can learn to value things too. If you don't currently value them but you want to, you can learn. It's just about visualizing, finding that spark and re like someone like Tamara can certainly help you with this, is finding a passion and a spark um, for a different motivation within that value. So exactly like uh, what you teach women. What is it? Some what can be like a pull towards losing weight that actually embodies being kind to yourself, um, being healthy on the inside out, being strong. Because no matter how strong you are, you're always going to want to get stronger, right? There's no limit to that. But if you're like, I just don't want to be that way, there's a limit. The minute you're not that way, you're like, okay, that's done. No motivation. I'll just go back. That's so true. Yeah, that so true. And thank you for spinning that it onto- for <laughs> And thanks for spinning it onto the fitness. I love that, and people will love that too. Um, just a quick question before we start to wrap up. I guess like just tips around trusting your intuition. Like, how do people start to trust your gut and trust yourself mm. a little bit more? How would you speak to that? Yeah, so this is actually an intention that I've set for myself. So last year 
And because I was, you know, that first year of business, I was very much consuming a lot. So lots of podcasts, lots of courses, um, investing in my personal coach and information is great and it serves its purpose, especially when you just don't know something you need to know in order to get to your new next level goal or your next step. However, if you're wanting to tap into your intuition more, it's really as simple as turning that information down a notch or turning it right down and turning up your inner voice. The best practice for me, if you don't know how to sit with yourself and listen to your gut and like for people, intuition can be presented differently. For me, it's a gut feeling. And now it can, I never used to understand the whisper, you know, or the nudge or no, I understood the nudge. I could feel it as a physical thing in my body, right? Like I'd know when I was like, I'd have this gut instinct about some, something not being the right decision for me. I feel it in my body. I never heard it. Like people would get downloads. I never used to get that. Never used to get someone like my own higher self speaking to me. Did not understand or resonate with that until later as I practiced this more and more of sitting quietly with myself, that whisper became a loud voice. And the more I tapped into that voice, the more it got louder. Like now I can clearly go, okay, higher version of self, what do I do? And I will just get my answer loud and clear. If you don't know where to start with that, journaling is the best way. It's like having a conversation with your higher Mm -hmm. self. And it's very like, it's weird. It's weird. It's like, you can sit down and be like, Hey, I'm feeling shit today. And I don't know why. And then you write a few words and you're like, this is weird. And the next minute you'll just find your little pen, just scribbling away, just writing out of your control. And that is just your thoughts on paper. But what you, what will happen is you're going to start writing a conversation. So Your download will be your thought initially, how you feel, what's going on, what are the thought patterns, but the response, you're going to start resolving your own thought patterns and moving through your own mindset um, blocks. The person helping you resolve that is going to be your intuition. So journaling is a beautiful conversation between your mind, like your mind and your thought patterns and your higher soul level self. They're like, it's like soul scripting. So if you haven't done it before, I can't even explain to you, just get a piece of paper and start writing how you feel and have a conversation with yourself. That other person that is going to be writing in that conversation is your intuition. Um, another really simple way that I can differentiate intuition from logic is when you have that instant feeling in your gut um, or in your body, or maybe it's a whisper that says, do this, don't do that. This is a good idea. This is a bad idea. Um, If you just get this, if you get an idea at all, right? Like if something lands in your brain and you're like, whoa, like a business idea or something creative, that moment when you know, you know, that's your intuition. What will soon happen after that, if you don't learn to stay there, is then your logical brain will kick in. And that is like, 
oh, are you crazy? Like, you're not going to be able to do that or you're not good enough for that. Or, oh my God, what are they going to think of you? Ooh, no, really bad idea. Oh my gosh, what if what if you get cancelled on social media? Don't put that out there. Like, that is all, that is your thoughts. That is your, um, that is your reptilian brain. That is your survival brain. And it's there. That's your ego mind trying to keep you safe. And that is your logic. So when women go, how do I listen to my intuition more? It's like, it takes practice and it's very scary, but it's basically differentiating between that feeling, that gut feeling and that whisper that comes from like a soul level feeling to then your fearful thoughts. Often your fearful thoughts, your limiting thoughts, your thoughts that say, no, you can't towards something that you're excited about or you truly feel inspired about, that is your logic. Or if... I'm going to say like always follow your intuition, but it's not that easy. But if you can practice kind of doing the crazy goddamn thing and understanding that the logical brain might be acting from a place of fear and following your that gut initial gut instinct a little bit more, I would say that is you building that muscle of listening, tapping into your intuition a little bit more. And it's really hard not living in alignment with your intuition as well. You'll know this as well when you're not living in alignment, when you're just quite physically ill, run down, anxious, tired, overwhelmed, Mm -hmm. not living out of alignment and living in fear and living only in alignment with your logical brain is not embodying your whole being. So it's not going to feel good. So the simplest way to know if you're not doing it is if you're feeling pretty crappy right now in your life. Yeah, that's how to identify that you're yeah. not in alignment, if that makes sense. Definitely makes sense. And I love those I love those tips because I know that people will be able to take to it and just start to actually embody it and practice it for themselves. And I feel like the biggest takeaway here is with anything that you're going to include into your routine or anything that you want to start to do, it is all about practice and it is all about reinforcing it for yourself. Mm. Like I said before, it's not going to be an overnight fix. You might go up and then down a little bit, but it's about just being consistent with yourself and honest with yourself. And like you were saying as well, Dee, it is about sitting with yourself and accepting all that is and all that like who you are. So I love that. I love all that we chatted about. 100%. Yeah. (laughs) And just to, I guess I've got three sort of um, questions, like sort of fast round questions that will just wrap it up. I'm going to ask every one of my guests this. So what is the biggest lesson that you've learned? I think the biggest lesson that I've learned is business in business, in my journey, in motherhood is definitely how to practice surrender. So understanding that there is a plan that I might have that is intuitive and I might have a goal in mind, but that it's it's having full faith that it is going to happen for me, that I'm going to get there, but it might not necessarily be in exactly the way that I thought that it would go. So having a plan, yeah. knowing fully that I'm going to reach my goals, but at the same time, quite literally being open to my plan diverting or 
just not going exactly the way. And I have to be, I think that my kids, again, have been the biggest teachers of that for me. Sometimes it just can happen out of nowhere. I can have a day fully scheduled, fully booked with clients, podcast interviews, and one of them is sick. And it's really hard, <laughs> but it's a lesson. It's like, this is what's required of me today. I'm not going to question why this is, if this is what I have to do, this is what I have to do. Yeah. Biggest lesson. I think I love that just lesson. being kind to myself around That's that. Really <laughs> yeah, of course. And when you're not having a good day, what's your go-to? Lean in. So instead of trying to escape it, instead of trying to run from it, resist, react, find a distraction, all of those things, um, actually just sit with it. And I don't mean carry it with you for days on end. Um, I don't mean turn it into a mood or, or continue in that state of being, but in that moment, I find strength in actually being able to sit in my, I don't know if we can swear, but in your shit, <laughs> sit in your shit just for a moment. Yeah. I find that when I do that, I'm able to process that emotion, um, process and release that emotion a lot sooner than if I'm trying to distract myself from it. My go-to behaviors would have been a bottle of wine, a Netflix binge, a McDonald's family feast all to myself. (laughs) Now it's like, no, I'm actually just going to sit here and I'm going to cry and I'm going to cry until I'm done crying. And I'm going to just feel sad because you know what? Being sad is okay. It's part of our human experience. And when I, when I'm done feeling that, I'm get up and I'm really proud of myself because I'm like, that wasn't so bad. Like I can just sit with being disappointed or sad or depressed or angry and it's not going to kill me. I don't need to be scared. Makes it a lot less easier to take bold action knowing that I can feel disappointed, feel embarrassed, feel vulnerable. Um, I'm not as afraid to take big steps in my life or business doing that. Yeah, beautiful. I love that. And last question, how are you (laughs) intending to go beyond the limitations you place on yourself? Hmm. Um, Invest in people that will trigger me and continue to put myself in situations where I'm uncomfortable in order to continue growing. I just, I love being around people that challenge me. I love being around people that um, don't necessarily share my model of the world and can shake me up a little bit so I'm not comfortable in my own beings <laughs> um, so that I never, you know, go fully into my ego and get a big head. I love being challenged. Um, and I also just love continuing to put myself in uncomfortable situations in life because I want to teach my brain that I can do that because when I can do that, I feel like I can – quite literally handle anything life throws at me and I'm not going to be put in that position that I was five, six years ago where I was in so much avoidance of any discomfort that in fact I was creating the most suffering for myself. I truly believe that people create suffering for themselves when they try to run from themselves and escape from their feelings if we can just learn to be uncomfortable that life isn't designed like even when we talk about positive mindset it's not about always being positive a positive mindset is actually being able to sit with crappy feelings and come out the other way learning something that's positive it doesn't mean that you're always happy and i think that's just um 
such an unrealistic expectation to have. So yeah, I like if I'm if you know what if life let's put it this way if life is going too good, I'm gonna be like, what could I do to shake things up a little bit? Because I don't want to get used to <laughs> always being on a high. Like I like being uncomfortable now. It's fun for me. Yeah. Yes. Yes, Dee. That is so good. I love that. I love all that we spoke about today. This was such a good episode. I loved our oh, chat. Um, and just before we say goodbye, mm-hmm. where can people find you? Um, I hang out mostly on my Instagram. So find me at Her Soulful Success. Um, I do have a podcast as well, which is very easy to find as well. So it's the Her Soulful Success podcast. Find me there. DM me. <laughs> I love a good DM chat. Um, yeah, I'd love to meet you. Yes. Beautiful. And Dee as well. You've also got those, um, the 30 day journal prompts as well, your free ebook. So go and Mm. check that out too. I actually downloaded that and I need to start that because I am just getting into journaling. So I'm very, very excited. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for your time, Dee. I really appreciated this. And I know that so many girls and women are going to get so much out of this. So Thank you so very much. Have a lovely afternoon. And everyone listening, thank you so much. Go please check out Dee and I will speak to you in the next episode. Bye. I hope you did enjoy this podcast episode and got something out of it. I know I personally did. Dee is absolutely amazing. And if you did like what we had to say in this episode or any other episode of this podcast, please leave a review. It is the best way to support this podcast and share this with a friend, share this on Instagram. And if you are sharing it on Instagram, please tag myself and D in it. We would love to see it all over Instagram. That would be amazing. And just a little reminder for you, my ebook is coming out live on April 1st. If you are on my mailing list, you get an exclusive discount that no one else gets all the links are down below. This ebook is going to be epic. It's going to transform you to help you feel confident, feel strong and feel free. All right. I will leave you there. I'll see you. I will speak to you in the next episode. Bye.